Hey guys, Josh Klein here. One Day Contract is right around the corner, but I wanted to invite you to stick around after the show ends. That's after Sunglasses at Night fades out. Uh, because I had a chance to talk to Mike Daskal, who is throwing a spectacular charity event in September of this year. It's called Beers and Burpees. It's powered by Ortho Carolina, who are also one of our partners over at the Riot Network. And it's just a terrific event. And I had a chance to talk to him, so I wanted to inform you guys about what they're, what they're doing over there and how we can help. So after One Day Contract ends, make sure to stick around for that interview. But coming up right now, One Day Contract with WFNZ's Kyle Bailey. And it starts right now. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound In, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or It Is What It Is, for even more great talk about your favorite team. Even better, follow Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods and make sure to subscribe rate and love us on all of your podcast platforms so you never miss an episode my name is nikki wolf alongside of me as always oh are y'all ready for this <laughs> you, t- you did not sound <laughs> excited about it <laughs> mr colin hoggard sounds like it's gonna be my last week <laughs> something you guys want to tell me we'll i think see. the word is looks like it's gonna be your last <laughs> week yes 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 columnist and contributor for the riot report and the reason i'm laughing wearing the outfit of a car salesman that's not gonna hit his numbers this month and his wife irene has something to say about it wow. man that's like the best wow. description ever. i know it's a it's a it's an audio medium but i mean People are going to want to see that. Like you can say whatever you want, but when I <laughs> when I picked this jacket out, there was a man that was stalking me in the store for at least ten good minutes, hoping <laughs> I was going to set it down, like out of arm's reach. Like I think if I'd have set it down, I didn't. He was just going to claim it. So you guys are just a little jealous. That's all. Just I, just a little jealous. I know the feel. Or something. Josh Klein, who's not <laughs> dressed the same, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and just bought face value tickets to Hamilton. That's right, baby. Two hours later, I'm in the room where it happened. The room where that's all I know. Those are the only Hamilton references that I know. Well, but I'm gonna uh, be ready for it. I think you're ready. And signed to the one see day if you contract. Get in, right? <laughs> are, we, are we gonna have to see? That's the next game. Is jo- does Josh actually get in with his tickets? Good question. Oh, that is a good question. I'll Sign let you know on November. November 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Signed to the one-day contract this week, Kyle Bailey, co-host of Garcia and Bailey, Panthers pregame and Hornets postgame on WFNZ, pickup truck owner, fringe <laughs> acquaintance of Moosin Bahamid. Do you also own part of a Wild Wing? That is a hell of an entrance right there, or an introduction, I should say. No, I do not, but I wish I did. I've heard they're quite lucrative. <laughs> you know, there's always still time to get involved, from what I hear. I'll so, talk to Moose about it. You know. See if he'll cut me in a slice. Is he he owns Wild Wings, right? Or like multiple? Several. Several. Uh, I think several several Wild Wing cafes. Matter of fact, I think uh Wes Bryant was uh in one of his Wild Wing cafes last night doing a segment live from one of those. So wow. Moose is a busy man. Yeah. Do you think if you own like I wouldn't be able to help myself if I owned a Wild Wings or any sort of like specifically 
bad for you food place, <laughs> I would just be constantly eating wings like, oh, all the time. No, I do anyway. Uh, you know, if they were free, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but 100%. Side note, really quickly, I don't know if you all heard this last week. Mick Mixon came on, and, and we start talking about he's in Buffalo. Or a couple weeks ago, Mick Mixon came on, and we said, hey, you're in Buffalo. You know, it's the requisite question. Where, where are you getting your Buffalo wings? Mick starts in on this whole – you know, the American, the chicken wing is the greatest con pulled on the American public. It's feathery. It's gross. I almost hung up on him. I, I almost hung up on him. That's really surprising. I didn't know people felt that way. I, I could eat chicken wings maybe not every day, but probably six days out of the week. Yeah, I, I was just in um, Buffalo, and we, like, specifically went out of our way to find somewhere that we could have the best wings. And it was like – they are a little disgusting, though, when you're like when you're like cracking them. When you hear that oh, bone crack in the middle, feed them like a savage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how else are you supposed to eat them with a knife and fork? No, no. I just don't think you need to be breaking bones. I mean, Lord have mercy. What are oh, you doing out there? Well, I can't help okay, myself. But, but I got I, the strength. I got the muscles. That is true. But, but I do have a question though, because oh I've God. never been to Buffalo personally, and I've certainly never had buffalo wings in Buffalo. Is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it overhyped? Is it? Here's the thing. Wings are good. Right. So. Were these the best wings I've ever had in my life? Maybe. I don't know. Like, it's it's not, it's like most wings are like eights. So yeah. this was a nine, maybe. So it's not like, oh, my God, you got to go to Buffalo to get these wings. It was mostly the blue cheese, though, was no. unbelievable. Yeah, do it, man. Oh, I like, man, I like how Josh just admitted that he, he would go for the six next door rather than the nine down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate your efficiency. I actually had that stitched on a pillow in college. <laughs> Now, real quick, wait a minute. This, is this the most controversial thing Mick Mixon has ever said? Because I, I like no. Mick. What, what has Mick said that's more controversial than than chicken wings are disgusting? I'll, I'll tell you what. Eight uh, thirteen p.m. Eastern time this past Friday night. I'm watching. The, I'm serious. I'm watching the game. I'm exhausted. I just got back from a red eye from L.A. I'm about to fall asleep. The only thing keeping me awake is the game. I want to say late first quarter, middle second quarter. Mick does this on purpose. I swear to God he does. And, and he, does, he <laughs> thinks we're all not paying attention. Christian McCaffrey, short run, I mean, forgettable run up the middle. And the call is Christian McCaffrey squirts one up the middle. And it's just, I mean, it, you just, and I, I'm, it's not quite exactly how he said it. But, I mean, I, I just tweeted, Mick, we heard that. And we know exactly what you're doing. I Did, mean, He also said the word arouses at one point. I heard that in the, re, like, I rewatched the game. And I was kind of like, you know, tweeting or, like, looking at my phone. And then it's like, wait, did he just say that arouses the crowd? Yes. Like, I, I, I don't know how he gets those in there. but It's a wordsmith. There's no right. doubt about that. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to pay closer attention. I've been listening to the Spanish broadcast. Oh. Sorry, Mick. <laughs> don't want to put you. Well. I'm trying to learn. Duolingo's not doing it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, <laughs> diversify my portfolio. It's kind of hard to learn a new language on an app. It yeah. is kind of difficult. It's true. <laughs> Los Panteras. <laughs> it's rated so high. I thought everyone was having success. <laughs> Cinco estrellas. <laughs> that means five stars. Duolingo worked for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, well, do we have time for my super important question? We always have time for your super important question. We haven't done enough nonsense to start the show, I don't think. So we need to really, Good anyone more. that was listening, we need to like un poquito more <laughs> to really push them over the top to just keep fast forwarding. You truly are bilingual. Yeah. I love it. So in the spirit of hard knocks, and mm. in the fact that I have a $100 bet riding on this, Cleveland Browns, will they win more than eight games? Oh, man. Eight is, is a that push. just to me? No, it's to all of us, but I okay. want to hear Jeez. your answer. I felt on the spot there. Um, that's tough. See, I have them winning eight games exactly. Mm. That's um, a push for me in case anyone's wondering. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the equivalent of a, of a Cleveland Super Bowl. So, I, I don't uh, – oh, man. I'm going to go – because I, I am a complete Tyrod Taylor homer, I will go over and say they get to nine um, because I love that guy. 
but I I'm not confident in that. You're a Hokie, so I was like, I have to throw this out this week. You know, I am, but at the end of the, anybody who knows Tyrod Taylor knows what an incredible person he is, mm-hmm. and so he's so easy to root for. And so I, I think on top of that, they've got a good player. They've got a great quarterback for the future. I, loaded at the skill positions. So, That's uh, true. You know, I, I, think, I, I think it's eight, but I'll go over. I'll be optimistic. <gasps> Uh, I'm going way under. Hugh Jackson is a terrible coach. I feel like I could be out there coaching. Like, he is hard – if there's one thing that Hard Knocks has shown me, it is that Hugh Jackson is not ready to to run an NFL team. I actually agree with you. Uh, But the thing is, earlier on the show, Frank and I had this discussion, and he made a good point. He's right about this, in that the NFL, coaches especially, head coaches especially, are so much more CEOs, you know, and and just sort of – you know, cat herders, for lack of a better word, because that team actually is loaded with great position coaches. I mean, Todd Haley's a jerk, but he's yep. a great offensive coordinator. Sure, Greg, Greg Williams. Williams is a jerk, but he's a great defensive coordinator. Bob we- Bob Wiley's a legendary offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually think these guys are in really good hands outside of Hugh Jackson, who may surprise us. I don't know. I, but, see, I feel like you're making my point for me. It's the, the, <laughs> You just said he's the CEO. You don't want that guy in charge of your company. No, I hear what you're saying. I just I, In terms of being able to just fundamentally play football, I think these guys are going to be not bad at that. I think I think for, it's much more of a position that we don't most people don't see that where a CEO is more detached right. than you might you'd be surprised to realize sometimes how detached they are Absolutely. at times. And sometimes they look detached in the fourth quarter of games too and that's when they get fired. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. So we're going under, Colin. You know, I got to say Kyle had me Kyle had me going there for a second with talking about all the coaches. It's I do think, though, winning is something that takes time. Yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised if we look back and said, could they have been 10 and 6? Absolutely. But they ended up somewhere. I, I have to I'll go under mm. just uh, out of respect for the, the way it, it, it often takes time. That's a good take. I like yeah. that. I also like Tarod Taylor. Tarod? Tarod. That had to have been a hoax. Yeah. It had to have been. I mean, that's crazy that he was just like, yeah, they started pronouncing it that way in college, and I was just like, I'm cool with it. Like, if everybody just started calling me Josh, and I was just like, yeah, I guess I'm (laughs) fine with that. Like, yeah, whatever, Keeley, it's cool, no big deal. Literally the only person I've ever heard say Tarod is Brogan Roback. That's it. Yeah. He's the only person I've ever heard say Tarod. Who was – wasn't – it was Patrick Sertan, and it was Sertain. Yeah. And, like – so he's not the first guy that there's been a quibble about much later than you would have thought about how his, how his name was pronounced. Namdi Asamwa. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asamwa. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. So every week, our favorite topic is usually uh, left guard talk. Yes. Welcome to our first show where we're not going to begin with that. Um, Greg Van Roten gets no love today. No, know. it's all we've to, we've exhausted all of our Greg Van Roten takes <laughs> oh, over well, the past three weeks. Uh, I it's hate it's that I GVR it. now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's true. GVR. GVR. Yes, it's he's like got a an appetite character. for destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move to left tackle. Mm. Matt oh. Khalil had his procedure on Monday. My favorite name to say. Is it too soon for Moten? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You got it, Ty- Tyler Morton. I used to work with a Tyler Morton, so I just cannot say his name now correctly. So I apologize to him (laughs) every episode. So here's my thing on Taylor Moten, and I'd be interested to get you guys' take. That's funnily enough, we have microphones where we could talk (laughs) to them. Uh, I think that we are putting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stake into and a lot of stock into Taylor Moten and how good we think we assume he's going to be. We've all said, man, I trust Mo. I mean, how many times on Twitter and Facebook and the internet in general did you read, with Khalil gone, now we can finally have Moten playing left tackle? And this guy has never taken a snap in the NFL. I mean, that's not true. He took some jumbo snaps. But let's let him get out there and, and 
play against real defensive ends before we start, you know, fitting this guy for a gold jacket. I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by the fact that we continue to go through this time after time with, with people that get injured and then other people instantly improve. Like they instantly like, – and, and not only improve, but are now learn the ability to play positions that they have not played before at this level. And th- this injury – this injury hurts, and, and you hate it because this was Matt, Matt Khalil had, had put his chest out there and said, I'm healthy for the first time after the hip. I feel like I'm good. And now we don't even get through the preseason, and bam. I, I, I'm not saying another excuse, but another reason why maybe he doesn't play up to snuff or what we expect out of a left tackle making the money he is. But I, I think it's foolish to just think that, Anybody can go over there and do and, and, and be fine because you've seen him do it on the right side. We've we've had this conversation. And, and is he left-handed? We haven't even seen is, him is do he it on the right side. He's actually right-handed. I asked him that. <laughs> Look, I, I don't. I understand the concern. I, I do. I, but I also thought when they drafted him last year, I thought they drafted their left tackle of the future. I mean, I, I really did. And that's and and some of that just comes from talking to guys who coach that position. But you know, physically, athletically, uh, that guy is built to be a left tackle. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he is. He's. Uh, you know, well distributed. He's athletic. He's strong. He, he's intelligent. I mean, you, you've got yeah. to be intelligent to play along the offensive line in the NFL anyway. And uh, I, I think there's probably going to be an acclimation period where, you know, you move from the right side to the left side and all the jumping around that he's done, that certainly will have an effect. But I, we all want to get Matt Khalil back healthy, right? We all want to see Amini Silatolo come back healthy and Daryl Williams too. But I think Taylor Moten is really good. I, I do. I think he's really, really good. And, and he may not flash pro bowl hall of fame potential anytime soon if ever but he also might come out in that first week and, and, and play lights out because i think he's a special player and i, and I think the, the coaches feel that way and i know you guys have been covering this team for a long time if you're going to play for john matsko you have to be able to play three or four positions yep. otherwise he has no use for you and if he didn't believe that kid could make those kind of transitions i don't think he'd ask that of him no that's a it's a good point i, I just think that he is we're just putting a lot on him before oh, yeah. we've actually seen him. And Absolutely. I think it's that that's my only thing is just kind of pump the brakes on how good Taylor Moten's going to be. Excuse me, Tyler Morton is going to be <laughs> because you want to like I, – I do. I agree with you. I think he's going to be good. And in my mind, I say that. But the more that I read – like I always just have that want to go the other way from everybody. Uh-huh. The more that I read that he's ready for left tackle, I'm so happy we could get Moten on the field. And it's like I am too. You draft him the second round to play, but let's not – Let's let's wait one week. Let's wait and just see how he does out there. No, I think that's reasonable. And, and he may not be ready, but he might be ready enough. Yeah. And, and, and ready enough, you know, works for this team because, again, I'm, not, I'm preaching to the choir here. Cam drug Michael Orr and Mike Remmers to the Super Bowl in 2015. If yep. he can do that, um, as long as Taylor Moten, Moten is serviceable while he's in there, they'll be fine. Well, I think it, it raises an interesting question very quickly if he comes in and plays well, though. Yeah. Because what has Matt Khalil done to ever lock that job down? Yeah, but they are, fans already feel like you got a $55 million paperweight on the roster. It's true. And, and, you know, if, and if a, a second-year kid comes in and all of a sudden proves he can do the job, then uh, I mean, you, you, it's, it's a good problem in a, in a way, but um, it'll be kind of annoying, won't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he comes back, so they say – so Ryan Khalil said that he was going to come back sooner rather than later. So he was like, I think it's going to be okay. I, he's bummed, but he's going to be back soon. So it's like if Khalil comes back – to September 7th and is like, I'm 100% healthy. I'm ready to take my job back. What happens then? Does does he come out there week one and start at left tackle? These are all hypotheticals, and we're just kind of making them up as we go. But it's it's a tough situation to to decide what's going to happen in the next three weeks. Cecilia Tolu might come back next week. 
Matt Khalil's the Nick Batum on this team right now. I mean, he, he, look, if you're making $55 million and you're healthy, you've got to play. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, there's, no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So if he comes back healthy, he has to play. And you just move to – even if Taylor Moten's playing well, you, you move him somewhere, he can play well there for a while until you figure out what to do. You can't pay a guy $55 million healthy to sit on the bench. Yeah, no, it's it's true, and that's that's – Terrible that it's that that's going to dictate who's going to protect Cam Newton's blindside is the fact that we're paying, we are paying the Matt Khalil fifty five million dollars. It's like if he has if he plays like he did on Friday against Miami, he need he can't play, but he's got to. So it's uh, you just don't know what to do. Uh, it's yeah. a big investment, man. That's the league. It is. It's the league, and it's what happens when you eventually sign a left tackle, particularly a veteran left tackle. I mean, you're going to pay. I mean, it, that's the thing about it. You're going to pay anybody that you you got there, eight million, pretty much. If you if you paid a left tackle to come in and play to start, right? And, and you you all know this. You go back to when they signed him in the first place. Look look at the left tackle market then, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Russell Okung was available for a little while, and, and Andrew Whitworth. Up, I mean, that guy's eighty years old. I mean, I know he could still play at the time, but you couldn't make a long term investment. I, I don't think you'd feel comfortable doing that. So now we can bang on Dave Gettleman for overpaying the guy, but that was just the market at the time, and they needed a left tackle. And if you'd have paid the thirty five year old. Lyman and Whitworth, and then he gets hurt. Right. And everyone says, why'd you pay the 35-year-old? Like, it's a ticking time bomb either way, um, you know, except for the fact that he did come in and play well but and play better than Khalil. But. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's, it's one of those things where you can't – you're never going to win in these things unless you absolutely knock it out of the park. I mean, if you look at the rookie class right now, and I know I'm switching topics, look at the rookie class right now. looks to me like Marty Herney, like, smashed this draft. And everybody is like, nah, Marquise Haynes is undersized. And it's like, but he's undersized. There's like six starters in this draft class, including oh. Brendan Mann is undrafted. And he may he was ready to start at left guard. And everybody's like, wow, he missed in the uh, – whiffed on Kendrick <laughs> Norton in the seventh. And God, it's God, like, God forbid you miss on a seventh round. Exactly. <laughs> Good Lord. But if you if you traded the seventh rounder for somebody, then they'd be like, eh, it's just a seventh rounder. It's right, true. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's every conversation changes. I will say as small as this – particularly the top half of this draft class is. If they don't look good at this point, we're in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I Does anybody else just kind of look at DJ? I, mean, I look at DJ Moore right now and say, as long as he stays healthy, they nailed that one. I mean, yeah. they, he got it. And, I, and I'll be the first to admit, I did not – I was not a DJ Moore guy at the draft. I, I did not really want to see them draft a wide receiver, period. It wasn't as much about him. I, uh, I wanted to see them go a different direction. But uh, – after seeing a little more of him, and certainly, you know, the after the catch, my God, I mean, he does. He turn, He's Steve Smith. He turns into a running back with the ball in his hands after the catch, and uh, we, we've already seen some of that. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a more dynamic wide receiver than they've had other than, you know, getting in an open field was, you know. But since Smitty, they really haven't had that, particularly on the outside. So you've added that element. And last year you added Christian McCaffrey with everything that he can do. Cam really has, even though that the, the second tight end, we'll see, you know, with Ian Thomas, and we're still, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But um, th- this is as dynamic as they've been around Cam, even including 2015, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. I think, I, I mean, this offense is, you hate to use the word stacked, but it's like every time somebody catches the ball, it's like if you play, when you play Madden, play Madden 19 with the Panthers. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to – anybody you throw it to, you mash any button and somebody exciting is going to catch it. I, 
not a, I'm not a Madden guy, so I'll just take this the is the guy. There's no <laughs> more Brent, there's no more Brenton Burson that you're like, oh no, don't throw it to. Oh, now far be it for me, but but th- let's point out that this is the guy that just talking about how Hugh Jackson's not qualified to be an NFL coach. <laughs> talking about mashing the buttons on anything, and it just works. Okay. By the way, how did Brenton Burson's work out with the Patriots go? Anybody know? Uh, I don't see him. <laughs> I don't think he'll be back on Friday, but no. that doesn't. You know, no, I hey, wondering. I'm a Burson fan. I like Brenton Burson. Yeah, I do. I, wait a minute. Yeah. Did, he had a workout with the Patriots. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I thought for sure are they, they were going to sign him. Are they doing the? They did not do the team intel for week three preseason. <laughs> God bless you, Belichick. You need something else. Get another dog or something so that you can worry about something. Get a Netflix account or something cheaper. Oh, it's amazing. You, that you, was you, you, you know. <laughs> It's not bad enough you stole a Super Bowl from us 15 years ago. <laughs> now week three of the preseason. You're like, bring <laughs> Gotta Bur- have it. Bring Burson in. He's got the deets. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of an impression. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> Made even better by his ensemble, Yeah. by yeah. the way. I just can't stop looking at you if you're wondering why. I just keep gazing <laughs> adoringly at gazing you. Gazing in your direction. If you rub your wrists together, you'll start a fire. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> now, with everything that this uh, O-line's been through so far, huge opportunity now for Jeremiah, Searl- Jeremiah Searles. Yes. Yes. Do you? Is there anything specific about where maybe Jeremiah Searles went to college that you wanted to mention? I mean, I get really excited when we get to talk about Nebraska Cornhuskers because I don't get to a lot when no, it comes to true. NFL football. So. I'm very excited. Good for him. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, I, just like you said, he seems serviceable. Like, I think yeah. you put him at right tackle. He's going to get out there. He's not going to absolutely destroy you on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some plays where he's not great. There are going to be some plays where he's very good. But I think he's going to be kind of right down the middle, right? I mean, that's – If you're laying money on, on Jeremiah Searles to be a pro bowler at the end of the year, you're probably going to lose your money. <laughs> yeah. but, but you also, I, I think, are getting a guy who, as you were talking about, we had Jerry's Wright on the show today, and he mm-hmm. played with, uh, with with Searles in Minnesota. And I said, you know, we're talking about the offensive line injuries, and I said, you know, how concerned are you? And he said, dude, I played with that guy. I know what he can do. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And, you know, he played what? He played in all 16 games last year, I think, and did not give up a sack. Um, who wouldn't take that? Who wouldn't sign up for that every exactly. day of the week? So, he- yeah. Yeah, he he started at left guard for a year, or for he started he played left guard for one game. Matt Khalil got hurt in Minnesota, and then he had to kick over to right tackle because the left tackle had to. He like it's bit literally exactly what happened here mm-hmm. happened in Minnesota two years ago. So he has done it before. He's a professional. Like this is what you want as a backup, as your second backup essentially, which is what he is. Yeah, is you want a guy that can come in, play, not absolutely murder you, and and then. <laughs> Give way when Daryl Williams comes back. Brooke, and let's be honest too. If if the if this were week one of the regular season, right, and, and probably let's say actually let's say if next Sunday were week one of the regular season, both Matt Khalil and Amini Silatolo could probably play if they had to. Yeah. I mean, you you get your knee scope, your week to week. You you got to take your time. But I mean, this is not. It, it's harder on big guys obviously than it is on skill players. But when sure. you get a knee scope like that. As long as you're taking care of it, you know, and, and you have a, a history of taking care of yourself, you can get back pretty quickly. Yeah. Silatola was out there at practice today with no brace. Right. So, who knows? I'm curious, you know, because it feels like the Searles conversation has kind of evolved here as the, as the injuries have piled up. It, it, it seems to me almost that you guys are putting him in kind of the C.J. Anderson category where it's like, look, we know what you can do. We do I'm not worried about seeing you run between – you know, run behind left guard. I know what you can do. And, and we, they're focused on figuring out what the young guys can do. And, con- and Anderson and Searles are almost kind of, I think, givens from a coaching standpoint. Is that, is that kind of 
The way you guys kind of read that it? makes sense to me. That's a really that's actually a, a really smart way to put it. Because okay. I, I do think Mark that the, the coaches are Mark like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it right down the camera. Colin said something smart <laughs> once, one time. Yeah, uh, it's, I will write down the time. Yeah, oh, <laughs> mark it down. She's really doing it. Yeah, um, she's a professional. <laughs> very soups profesh. Uh, I just I think that that's a really good way to put it. Like he's he's going to come out there. They know what they're going to get from him. So. They would almost rather see Brendan Mann or Taylor Hearn or some of these, you know, Blaine Clausell, Quintarius Eatman, these guys that are just complete unknowns. They know what Searles can do against a defensive end, so that's an interesting way to put it. But they, they still have to mesh, too. You know, Searles has to play next to Trey Turner and hear Ryan Khalil call out checks and, and protection switches and stuff like that. So that's why that's why these reps on Friday are going to be huge. They are important, uh, but again, the the other thing or another thing that that this unit has going for it is that uh, you know even though Jeremiah Searles hasn't been here, you know he's been with North Turner, and so uh, you know there's going to be that familiarity as well. So I, I don't want to cut like I, I think sometimes because I I just can't stand the the panic button chicken little skies falling people that that maybe I'll kind of go in the other direction too far in terms of you know relax stop panicking all the time I don't want to go too far in that direction either because anytime you lose three offensive linemen in, in camp that is something to be concerned about but there there's no reason to think that this is just going to be a total bleep show I mean I I, yeah. I think it's oh we're a, it's a podcast baby you're not on radio oh yeah I can say shit show yeah can I? yeah you sure can <laughs> hell yeah shit show shit that's, show that's, shit that's, show there you go okay, okay. And, I was going to say that was your one. <laughs> And we're explicit. Oh, my bad. I'll Sorry. write down that time, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out. Yeah, exactly. Just cut it. Just clean edit point right here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I will say this is one of the uh, better parts of the show. Go to 708 and then 709. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like how you said that at 710. So if, if, if people hadn't been listening, they'll go back and listen. <laughs> just tuned in. Yeah. Also, in. I'm talking about the actual time right now and not the time of the podcast <laughs> yeah. because – because you don't do know how things. Later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really peeking behind the curtain. You know. It's nighttime. Yeah. If anybody's listening. And there's a dog running around. So. Mm-hmm. Where is he? The burn dog. He's right here at my feet. The I love this dog. dog. The he's the best. Dog. He's so cool. He's our yeah mascot. Go ahead and talk. I'll just lift him up for the cameras. Cool. I love it. Well, we're gonna uh, turn this over to Colin right now. I believe oh. now for oh. some little uh, Panthers tradition talk. Yeah, w- last week we had the conversation um, about the NFL Shield, and and I, I I raised my hand just to to kind of pause under the under the the idea that the, the Panthers are just kind of giving something up. Where if if I feel like if the Packers were the team that had the NFL Shield at midfield that we'd have John Facenda, you know, talking about the fact that the shield was yep, at midfield yep. <laughs> and in Lambo and only in Lambo. That's a great Facenda impression. Th- that it, but because it's the Panthers and, and I think it got tied to Jerry, then it's just like, get it away from us, get rid of it. And so, so I started thinking about what are the Panther traditions that people do care about. But I want to get your opinion kind of on the shield. Like, are you – because the logo challenge – I'm still not sure what the logo challenge is exactly. I don't know what it is either. Okay. People okay. Post, as long no, as we're on the same page. Really, it's a great – because people are posting random pictures of all sorts of things. Like, ah, oh, hashtag Panthers logo challenge. What do you mean? Like, what is that? I don't get it. I, I'm still not clear on the rules. I'm, I'm not prob- either. We're probably not allowed to participate. But, but <laughs> anyways. <laughs> to, to your question, though, about the, the logo thing, no, I was um, – it was so funny because I was out in L.A. last week, uh, you know, working from L.A. a couple of days uh, at the ESPN L.A. studios. And so, you know, the, 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 you know, those shows are different, you know, when you're kind of I'm on the other side of the country. And so I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of listener engagement while we're doing it. And so this actual this topic comes up. And my question simply was, why do you care so much? Not that you shouldn't, not that you can't. Why do you care so much? Because for a lot of people, or, you know, this is a big deal for you know, others, not so much. But, 
I, I get it, right? It's the identity. You know, right there at midfield, when you turn the television on, you want people to see the Panther because that's who we are. That's who the team is. We want that represented. I, I, I get that. You know, when you see the colors and the players and the helmets, I mean, you kind of get it pretty quickly, too, so you don't necessarily need it. And, you know, I, I think probably, and Colin, you can speak this. I mean, you've been here a lot longer than I have, but uh, there was a, a, a sense or a sentiment of gratitude and, you know, oh, my goodness, I can't believe the NFL's finally come to the Carolinas when, when Jerry took over. And so let, let's pay homage to the league that, you know, graced us with their presence and brought their greatness to our city and blah, blah. Let, let's pay, you know, respect. And may, maybe it just stuck. You know, maybe, maybe that's what, uh, you know, Jerry liked it. And, and he's not a guy who it seems uh, was, was great, was big on change. And so he left it that way. But, um, you know, if, if I'm a fan and you force me to pick, I'd probably want the logo there. But I'm also not losing any sleep over it either. Yeah, it's interesting because – as I, as I thought back about it, the the in stadium, the, the two the two in stadium kind of discussions that dominated kind of from year to year, um, or, or would bubble up from time to time, were the music. You know, either some people didn't like it; it was too it was too vanilla, whatever it was. And the other one was, you can't take your shirt off. Like those were the in stadium issues far more often than the, than the, the than having the NFL shield at midfield. I got to be honest, that second rule doesn't bother me in the slightest. The shirt off shirts. And it's not because I don't want to see fat dudes. It's because I don't want to be at a game in September where some dude's sweating to death and he rubs up against me in line to get his, you know, a hot dog. Like, I'm cool with the shirt yeah. rule. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, well, I mean, we do live in the South. Right. <laughs> like, just be responsible. Early season games are sweaty. Yes, exactly. There's a reason they don't wear black on opening day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, or, uh, or until but, November. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it that's is right. Charlotte. <laughs> that's right. Um, but so moving away from that, the Panther traditions, uh, and I'm curious, keep pounding is the is the most obvious one. But, Josh, you tweeted about, about giving the balls away and the fact that the Panthers are going give, to be giving balls away for generations. And that is an organic tradition started by a guy that will never get his due from a lot of people, but an organic tradition that I think is honestly probably the coolest tradition that the Panthers have right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, and I will tell you that I stole that, hot take from uh, Bobby, who is one of the hosts of the Keep Pound Den podcast, also part of the Riot Network, sponsored by Ortho Carolina. So I'd encourage everybody to go check that one out. Um, he That's a sweet <laughs> plug. Very natural, <laughs> too. Um, it, the thing is, is that Cam started giving the ball away. And what really, st- what really kind of brought it, to my, brought it to my head was I was watching Hard Knocks, and David Njoku scores a touchdown, and he just – tosses the ball to an equipment manager and walks away. And I was so used to seeing the player catch a touchdown and immediately run to the crowd and give it to a kid. Like, that's it's just in my head, there is no other way to to celebrate a touchdown than to give the ball to a fan. And that is something that most likely the Panthers will be doing for the, entire re- the entirety of their franchise. And in 25 years, it will not be the Cam Newton Sunday giveaway. It'll just be... The, Lam- the Lambo leap of the Panthers of the new generation. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I think, I don't know, do you, do you feel like still there are a lot of people who don't know about it, who, who aren't aware of it? Because I saw people tweeting about it when Ian Thomas scored his first touchdown the other night saying, oh, can you believe Cam made him give away his first touchdown? But I'm like, well, no, that's a, that's a thing. He's like, teaching him. Yeah. He's right, showing right, him the that's, way. That's a thing, right? So I, I still feel like there's some people out there who, who don't know that that's a thing. I'm trying to remember who, who the receiver was that got mad and, and didn't want to give up his first touchdown. Was it Funchess? Did Funchess not want to give it up? It might have been Devin Funchess. Somebody, somebody didn't want to give theirs up, and he was like, no, 
this is what we do here. Right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It's it. Nothing makes me happier than when like a preseason guy like Cameron Arch Payne scores a touchdown, or you know, Elijah like a third Hood. Elijah, Elijah Hood, Hood oh, scores a touchdown, and Cam like runs over to him, isn't on the field, runs over to him, and is like, "You have to give this ball to someone." And it's like, you know, you can't hear it obviously, but you can hear like see yep. him pointing, putting his arm around the guy. This is your time. Yep. And it's like it like it's a, it's like heartwarming. Like I have goosebumps just thinking about it. I love it. And look, I, I'm gonna be. I say this all the time. I'm gonna be very honest about this. I'm a college football guy. For I love college football, right? But the part of the reason that I love being around the Panthers so much is it does have kind of a collegiate feel to it, yes. where there, it feels like there's more attachment to the fans and the kids in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think I would have very much fun covering the New York Giants. I, I don't. That's just me personally. I realize it's just one man's opinion, but. I like covering this team and being around this team because it's a very collegiate feel to how this team is supported. And that's one of those small things that uh, contributes to that. And I I love that about this organization. I will never forget that game when Cam did it for the first time. Being in the stands, I cried. I remember my friend Cassano, we'd bought PSLs that year. And Cassano was like, are you you crying? Are you effing crying? And I was like, yeah, I've never seen – anything like that happened before and I mean still to this day when it happens I do get a little like misty because you see how excited that kid is like that kid's going to talk about that for the rest of his life he'll always remember that as a moment in that stadium with this team and those are lifelong Panthers fans which is something that you know Cam has been doing ever since he got here is he's finally making lifelong Panthers fans and that's something we didn't have for a long time before all that yeah it's it's what the roaring ride is all about is changing the culture and and I think that Cam being the face of the Carolina Panthers is is helping that. You know, I think you have the Panthers have probably gained more fans in the past six years than they have in the first eighteen of their of their time as a franchise. And by the way, congratulations to every single one of you because watching Cam wear that T shirt on that podium that day <laughs> was, was so really cool. really freaking cool. And I yeah. know you probably talked about it, you know, at nauseum, but uh, that was awesome. And uh, I need to buy one of those. So I got to check on me. Uh, we could probably we could, <laughs> we could probably make we that know happen a guy. for you. You know a guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. We have we have lots right behind us. So. Zach, yeah. Zach's going to come and check an inventory tonight. Yeah, exactly. He's going to go, where's that Bailey T-shirt? <laughs> uh, I believe uh, the cameraman extraordinaire, Kevin's correct. It was Brandon LaFell. Oh. It was LaFell's first touchdown, and, and he was not keen to give that ball up. Very yeah, appropriate name that. during Patriots Week, right? That's there you true. go. Is he still on the Patriots? No, or I no, don't no, think no. So, he just right? was. Yeah. He just yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Patriots are like one of those teams where, and we're going to get to them. But it's just, I have no idea who's on the Patriots right now. Like, I, I, I will, I will start to do my research here, but because of the preseason, it doesn't really matter who's on their team. But it's like Chris Hogan and the, the number one receiver is a lacrosse player, correct? Chris Hogan, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, well, Edelman's That's back, you know, yeah. and healthy. But uh, him, Gronk, and then beyond. And Edelman's out. What? It's four it's games? hard to keep track of that roster. Like, who's their running back? It is hard. Is to it keep- Deion Lewis? No. Is it Legarrette Blount? No, they are saying the person it? to draft in fantasy oh, here is we go. Rex Burkhead. You Rex may Burkhead. know him from the University of Nebraska as well. <laughs> <laughs> Twice now. I will write down that time oh, now. What, what is beautiful. It with, what is it with, with miniature running backs that, whose last names end in head? Yeah. Coming from the, I mean, obviously, Danny Woodhead wasn't a Cornhusker, but wasn't he like the – Might as well have been. Didn't he, yeah. win, so, did he win the Walter Payton Award uh, in, in college? I think he did, didn't I th- he? I think you're right. Yeah, what, but he played right. at a small school in Nebraska. It's escaping me at the moment, but I, you know, anyway. He played in the AFC mostly, which is everybody knows is the junior conference. Oh, obviously. <laughs> I don't, pay, right. I don't right. pay too much attention right. to him over there. Right. The one other thing uh, on Panther traditions, did you, I don't know if uh, not everyone that listens to this podcast lists or goes on Reddit, but on the Panther subreddit this week, there was a cool story of a young man, or I assume he's a young man, uh, it, it, who, had, who just lost his father, and made a stop at Bank of America Stadium. His dad had a custom jersey. He laid the jersey um, at the Sam Mills statue. Very 
touching story, cool moment of closure for this, uh, for this gentleman. I, so, um, but I, I stopped, I, I went to the game, to the Dolphins game, and on game days, you cannot get to the Sam Mills statue. It is in a tailgating only area. And I'm not, I'm not going to make this into a thing, but this is one of the coolest things that could happen is a guy, and, and I'm not trying to, but this guy stops. But if he just stopped on a game day, he wouldn't have been able to get to the Sam Mills statue. And as, as, as a huge Sam Mills fan, as a guy that will talk to anybody's ear off about Sam Mills, um, you sh- he should be with the people on game day. Yeah. And he's also staring at a latrine, <laughs> which I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not making a thing of this, but give Sam back to the people, especially on game days. Because it, really, it was a really cool story. It was really, um, you know, he was traveling back from the funeral, and, and, and he made a stop, and that's really cool. Um, and, and, and the Sam Mills statue should be available to the people. That's well, all I'm going to say about is, that. Is David Tepper – contractually not obligated to swap those two statues. Yeah, no. <laughs> so here's that, hey. there we go. Hey. Is, that a loo- is that a loophole? I'm just saying maybe. Maybe I don't what's know. There, what's the deal, not to sound too Seinfeldy <laughs> here, but like what's the deal with the statues? So the led the row of legends, the led legends row, is that what it is? Is outside the stadium and there's a big sign that says Legends Row and there's one freaking statue of Mike McCormick next to it. No other statues. And it's like if you want to take the uh, the impetus and the eyes off of that Richardson statue, let's put ten statues out there. <laughs> let's. Where's a Smitty statue? Where's a Jake statue? Where's a I freaking a Charles Johnson statue? That's that's we're trying. A Terracotta Army. That's See what I, that. I like it. T-shirt. We're making one. I like <laughs> it. It's true though. I mean, but part of it is the fact that the two most eligible guys, one of them just retired. And the other one is actually still playing for the team <laughs> somehow, inexplicably, 16 years later. No, it's true. I mean, but in five years, there is a lot. There are a lot of statues available. There's oh, TD. Yeah. There's Pep. There's Charles Johnson. There's Smitty. Because you know he's going to come back at some point to the team. It's just it's a it's a foregone conclusion. He wants to be courted. By the way. Where can people hear Smitty this this football season? Uh, five o'clock with us on Wednesdays. Uh, we mm. were actually really we're, we're stoked about that. The cool that thing is, that's cool. The cool thing about Smitty too is, and I, and I think y'all know this, is that um, you know we've had uh, we've had a relationship with him at FNZ. Colin, you know for for a while now. He's been on and off, but uh, you know he and Frank are tight, and, and he listens to the station when he's in Charlotte pretty much every day. Uh, he he will tell you that occasionally. Then he'll turn around and say, "I don't listen to that crap." But uh, no, he listens <laughs> he listens all the time. And so you know if if we say something off color, you know if we say something that that gets under his skin. We'll hear the phone blow up, and, and we'll get a text. And, you know, it was so cool that uh, we reached out and said, Smitty, we, we got to get you back. You know, we, we need you back talking about this team and about the NFL. And not only did he want to do it, you know, he, he didn't want to be paid for it. You know, he just wanted to uh, to talk about his foundation stuff occasionally. And um, I, I know his feelings were hurt when he left, and I understand why. And yeah. I think it's going to take probably a little more time, but there will come a day when, uh, you know, all is right in, in the sure. world with respect to that. And uh, I think a lot of Panthers fans are looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I think everybody is. I mean, because it's unfortunate one of those situations where business, the organization, and the fans are – the fans are essentially kids in a divorce, and they have no control over it. And then, granted, I'm sure plenty said something, you know, to him at the time. So then they did, you know, spout off. But there's a a vast majority of this fan base that wants nothing more than to feel like Steve Smith is included – uh, you know, is is a Carolina Panther. I think part of it too is um, I think actually not the last time we had him on, but the time before last, uh, Frank said I got to ask you a question, and Smitty said, No, you don't. You don't have to ask me anything. Frank said, No, <laughs> no, I got to ask you this question, and, and Smitty said, You ask me what I think you're going to ask me. I'm going to hang up on you. 
And Frank said, no, you're not. But go ahead and hang up if you want to. And he asked him the question, you know, when's it going to happen? And, you know, he, he danced around and said, you know, that, that I'm not worried about that and so on and so forth. But Smitty is also really trying to establish himself right now as one of the better uh, NFL analysts, you know, on the networks right now. And it's, uh, you know, there's a reason that when we – we said, hey, Smitty's joining the team. He's going to be back on WFNZ. He, wa- he wants to be known as NFL analyst Steve Smith, not former Panther Steve mm-hmm. Smith. He wants to know that you know, people recognize that, that he's good at this job. And, and I think once he's comfortable in that role and, and comfortable wearing that hat, then I think you can start to look at uh, maybe a reconciliation. Yeah, and I think the team is the team is like subtly preparing for it. I mean, the fact that they haven't given away, that no one has worn 89 since he's left. Yeah. I mean – they're, that that is on that is purposeful oh, they to know. me. You know, <laughs> no, no, people that, have worn that's, 17, That's because people know Smitty still lives here, and if someone <laughs> tried to wear it, he's liable to drive over to the stadium and take it off of him in front of 70,000 people. Yep, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> and, and by the way, all 70,000 people cheering for him. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to be cheering no, for that six no, for no. Mose Fraser wearing the yeah. 89. <laughs> I don't know. I would. I do yeah. like Mose Fraser. Well, I, I do love me some Mose Fraser. But Garrett Gilbert dropped a dime to Mose Fraser a couple games ago. That Sorry, is true. That was, I'm getting a rabbit hole. My bad. <laughs> a Mose. It, we'll as just long as talk. As the next 30 minutes is all Mose. It's all Mose. Welcome to – No. 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 So let's go ahead and look ahead to this New England matchup. This is a dress rehearsal week. Who's got to play well this week? Uh, Danny Woodhead went to Shadron State. Thank you, Shadron, Shadron State. Nice. State. It's not even. That was a close. Was that one of the one of our our viewers? No, that was, was, that was well. If Google oh, is one yeah. of our oh, viewers, oh, that, <laughs> so, yeah. that was just one of Google that was your is Google's around. So I actually one of our viewers did say, um, oh, they said, how about a John Casey statue? That makes perfect sense. Like yeah. that. The, these are the kind of statues that are just. Well, they're they're like e- it's just easy pickings. Yes. Just put them up there. Okay. Yes. So are we are we are we just doing sta- like. Everybody, not everybody. But everybody, you, everybody, but everybody. Yes, like CNC Music Factory. Like Dominic Hickson gets a statue. Well, no, but he had a big play. That no. is true. But uh, like, no, like Jordan, like is Jordan, like Jordan Gross, John Casey. I feel like if you're saying offensive linemen, kickers, if if you kind of if you broaden it to that level, which nobody's doing in 2018, so props <laughs> to the Panthers if they do it. But so, who's the greatest offensive lineman to ever play for the Panthers? Oh. Don't say Frank Garcia. No chance. No, <laughs> no chance. Right. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be Jordan Jordan Gross. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So there, that, that's it. Well, that's an easy one. You take him. Uh, I, I I take him over Khalil. That's nope. tough. Does Tyler Morton so. go in there? Yes. One hundred percent. As a utility player. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but so uh, but so if you establish yourself, like, as I'm I'm fine with it. I, I mean, if you if you establish yourself as the best to ever do it for this organization, then you get to, you get to greet people on the way in. I think that's I think that's awesome. Why? That's, an, that's an easy. What one. are we running out of metal? Like just may just. Like I get that you you want to be a little bit selective, but does John Casey doesn't deserve John Casey deserves it? I feel like for the first fifteen years, ten years, the faces of the franchise. This is Colin. You're a huge Panthers history buff. These are the these are the people that you remember. You know, you go to Lambeau Field and you think you look at some of the names on there. You don't recognize. It's not all Bart Starr. There's a the center from the 1962 championship team. Yep. There's a there's a left guard. Antonio Freeman. Exactly. Yeah. Like Monument, these, Monument Park. Yep. These guys are these guys are part of Packers history, and John Casey is part of Panthers history. And whether he's the best kicker to ever put on the uniform is not as important as the fact that when you think about a Panthers kicker, it's John Casey. If you're gonna have a ring of honor, you may want to put some people in it, right? I exactly. Mean, I guess that's the idea. Yeah. Do, I mean, do we have to wait for them to pass away? Like, or do they, can we put them in no. when they're alive? Gosh, I hope not. Yeah, that, I hope that's, not that's either. Absolutely absurd. If if they if they, no, they, <laughs> yeah. I, 
I would be I would be more in favor. Which, by the way, the whole Hall of Fame, the whole Ring of Honor, like now in 2018, you can really do an awesome product, and it doesn't involve looking at old shoes. Like <laughs> you can actually make a kick-ass Hall of Fame now, um, and and make people actually want to go to it. Um, but I, I I think I would ra- I think I'm with you. I would just rather see. I'd rather be greeted by 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 Gross, by Khalil, by Casey, by Green. Thank you. By, I think that they think that it it would be like that's because that's who we're coming to see. That's who we're coming to see. It's true. I thought when you first said green, I was like, Willie Green deserves a statue, but I got it. Kevin Green. I got, I'm, well, I'm a, it took me a second, but I got back there. But part of it, too, is the fact that, that they, they when the, the franchise started, they got a bunch of old guys. They made a quick run, and then they got pretty bad for about seven years until 2003 happened. And then they were okay. You know, they were pretty good. And then so it took a little while. So that's why th- I think that you can excuse the fact that, that – as old as the, the franchise is, you'd think there would be more, but they weren't that good for those first, you know, seven, eight years. No, I mean, you're, you're not you're not lying, but it's I, I just think that it's time for more than one. We're yeah. at one right now. They yeah. Give me four, and then then I'll stop complaining. Well, but so, until so we're then. Gonna do this like the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We're going to run out of run out of Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Dominic Dixon will get a statue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, put Willie Green in there. Throw him out. Whatever. Well, I'm ready. Nick Goings. Al- sure. Oh, Really? Well, Did he okay, go to Brad, Nebraska? Does, no. does, does okay. Brad Hoover? Does Brad Hoover get a statue? Sure, I love Brad Hoover. So that's just me. <laughs> if, if I'm deciding the statues, put put Hoover up there. Well, the only he had that Monday like, night game. Burline, let's put him up. The only real debate over that Jordan Gross statue will be what what size it will be. Yeah, you that's, know what if are it's we going to make it look? Gross. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, look, yeah. he was fine as a left tackle. It's not sideline reporter Jordan Gross getting a statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so back to New England and our dress rehearsal. Who's going to play well this week? Who has to? That quarterback from New England. He really, he yeah. really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't get it done this week. Make a break for him. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's like the rookies. Nice guy too. Don't you? Yeah, I know, right? The rookies on, on the defensive side. That's the one that jumps out to me. Yeah. At the end of the day, Rashawn Golden is, is one of the safeties of the future on this team. And, you know, when he came out of the draft, everybody here knows that, uh, you know, his measurables weren't great. You mm-hmm. know, I think he bench-pressed 225 like eight times, you know, which is kind of unthinkable. And, you know, 40 speed wasn't anything to write home about. But you, you turned on the film, and, man, he, he just plays ball. But, but you know, it's, he's a rookie, and, and this is the big test. Him and Dante Jackson, I think, on Friday night. When you, you don't get a bigger test in week three of the preseason than, than Brady Belichick. And yeah. if you can hold up on Friday against that offense and, you know, you can show Ron Rivera and Eric Washington some things, I think they're going to feel really comfortable with those two. Because Dante Jackson, I don't know how you all feel, but, you know, I, I want to see that kid lining up opposite of, of Bradbury, you know, in, in week one. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that's the way that looks. And I, and I hope it's because he and Golden have proven they're ready for that. Yeah. I'm getting a Dante Jackson jersey. Ooh, that's, I you're want the same it. Size? That's a smart buy, I, I think. I want it. I actually am in favor of a Dante Jackson statue. So I think wait, <laughs> it's time. It's time. He's put in the work. Shocking. You know, well, let's let's light it up there. I, I think back to a couple weeks ago we talked with uh, Jeremy Igo from Carolina Huddle, or I mean the website we won't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and he talked about, though, the, the, the trust level with Rivera and particularly with rookies, that it, those guys – because Rivera's about to slam the door and go into regular season mode. And then if they got to call you up, they'll call you up. But he's – like, if you want to develop that trust as a young player, this is this is the game to do it. This mm-hmm. is the, the coach and the quarterback to do it against. Yeah. Even I, though, I mean, who knows how – we know they're preparing very, very diligently. Well, they had the helicopter at practice. So yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> – they've been doing that for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the, the Cersei concussion obviously is never – concussion is never good, obviously. But it's almost – for the team, 
it kind of it's like a blessing in disguise because Cersei can't play. So then it's like, okay, now Galden gets to go out there and play. Th- I mean, he's going to play three quarters. And you can either – he's going to sink or he's going to swim. And it's if he sinks, then at least we know. At, at least it's like, okay, now we know he's not ready. So – we got to get so like let's put Cersei out there. Let's start putting Colin Jones in that that higher up package. But if he's ready, then you know he's ready. So it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of a perfect situation. And, and uh, it's it's good for him too because as you mentioned, Kyle, him not having the measurables, a guy like that that that's a smart player, cerebral player. I think a lot of times those guys need to get into the flow of the game because then they go, oh, I see what they did here. And then the second time they try and do something, then that's when he, he can go and make the play. So he, the coaches are worried that he can't stay out there long stretches without making a mistake, but he needs to be out there for long stretches in order to make the plays that you expect a guy like him to make. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, no, look, the, the I think – and y'all can speak to this, but, I mean, there have been some people out there kind of bemoaning the lack of pass rush, you know, in these last couple of games. And there are reasons for that, and I don't think that you're going to necessarily, at least early, uh, or while the first-team uh, Patriots offenses, and you're not going to see too much more of that anyway because they get the ball out quick. You know, yeah. there's Tom Brady does not hold on to the football for, for a very long time. And, you know, I, I do kind of wonder if after Friday people are still kind of concerned about a pass rush, which – you know, may or may not be warranted. I, I still think that uh, Mario Addison is, is going to go down as one of the most underrated players uh, that, that we've seen in a long time that, that nobody across the country really knows, you know, outside of Carolina. And i tell you what, though, that interior defensive line, if Vernon Butler can stay healthy, I mean, they, they can literally – I mean, they, they can run those guys, you know, those pairs out, in and out and, and just cause havoc. And that's, that's when this team has been at their best in 2003. That's what they did with the offensive line when you had guys like Al Wallace. Who's right. A, it, not, no coincidence, very similar to a Mario Addison, yep. you know, type forgotten guy um, by a lot of people. It, if you if your pass rush is what you're concerned about, though, New England's not going to cure what ails right. you here. Right. That, this is not the week to feel better about that. The question, the question is, are they actually going to allow the cornerbacks to play closer than nine yards from the line of scrimmage? Because – I mean, they didn't against New. They against, They did not against Miami. And if you don't against New England, I can tell you how these drives end. Yeah, they yeah. end. Every they end time. in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least every <laughs> single time. Oh, it's I, it's absolutely true. And and we talked to Dante Jackson after practice today, and he said that part of the game plan was back up, let him make the catch, and then you rally and make a make a tackle. That was their. That was the game which, plan which last has week been against a Panther defensive. Game plan. I mean, they've had you know the high some of the highest number of passes completed against them in seasons past. It just wasn't nine yards. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like nine seems a bit excessive. Uh, yes, it does. And again, to reiterate what you said a second ago, this is the wrong team. You know, to, to try to win a game playing that way against because <laughs> it, nobody's ever done it better than Tom Brady. He will literally take those nine yards every single time down the field, and they'll end up in the end zone. But do they? Do you even care? I mean, like obviously you want to see them play well, but like wouldn't you rather them? Not, I mean, they're not going to show anything. So all the blitz, all the stunts, all the they're like the pass rushing is going to be the most vanilla, yeah. it's Madden style of like, yeah, do he send? Here comes Thomas Davis. Here comes Captain off the edge, and like I, I would almost rather they they play a base vanilla defense and see how how they respond, how the players respond, because you know one of the things that that is a knock on Dante Jackson. He's too small. So that makes sense to me that you say, okay, we want to see him tackle. We want to see him back up, let a guy catch the ball, and go up and get him and make those tackles and prove that he can do that. So that's I, – I kind of – I feel like that makes sense to me. And so if you say, okay, well, Brady just kind of dinked and dunked their way down the field, obviously you don't want them to do that. But if that if that's part of the 
the game plan, if you will, then I, I, I don't, I don't really care if they lose. I, obviously, it would be better if they win, but whatever. Like, I would rather just see. I don't want to see mistakes on the defensive side of the ball. What's the big? When you say that Dante Jackson's too small, what does that mean? Like, what, what do you? What does that actually? I, mean? I have not once said that, so don't look at me. No, no it's fine. But people say it. No, he's right. People absolutely <laughs> yeah, say, people it. say it. Yeah, what, yeah. What, so when you when people say that Dante Jackson is too small, you know that he's undersized. What, what does that actually mean you know, in the context of football? Well, it, I, it, the the realest concern is the is the durability. Sure. I think that's, and that's number one. That's legitimate, right? But yep. so beyond durability, which we, it's the NFL, right? It's not for long. And, yep. and these guys take a beating, and anybody can be knocked out of a career on, on any given snap. But beyond the durability thing, which I think does apply to just about everybody, what, what's the – that he might lose a, a jump ball battle, you know, once a game, twice a game? Because quite frankly, this dude can fly. He's got great instincts. He comes from a program at LSU where they churn out elite defensive backs. And, oh, by the way, he's a really good tackler. Uh, and not just a good tackler, a willing tackler. You know, th- this kid will stick his head anywhere he needs to stick his head to make a tackle. And so I-, I think what Ron Rivera needs to see out of him to prove some things and what I think some of us are looking for might be a little bit different. But I think fundamentally what Dante Jackson does and is has already been on display for about a month now. Yeah, and I think fundamentally, are they better? Is that backfield better with him out there? Yes. Yeah. So, so – Height doesn't matter at that point. Right. They are better with him out there. I don't want to be unkind to Kevon Seymour. I know he was dealing with some things, you know, in that opening week game, but um, I, I, I think I kind of seen what I need to see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least a replaceable player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I agree with you. I've seen what I need to see out of Dante. Jack. I think he's ready to start week one. He's not ready. He's not the number one cornerback, but I think uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for him to get the bulk of the playing time, whereas at the beginning of camp, I thought it was going to be Kevon Seymour, and I thought he was going to outplay Dante Jackson, and that just hasn't happened. I, I thought it was going to be Ross Cockrell, quite frankly. Yeah, well, I, sure. I, I thought Ross Cockrell, before he got hurt, I, I, I thought there were a lot of people underselling that dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to the guys that cover the New York Giants, you know, the back half of that season, and I know their season did not go well, you know, and, yeah. and it wasn't the, the typical, um, you know, games you'd see week to week, but the people up there, you know, raving about his development, his improvement, and, and some of the games that he played, I, I, I had high hopes for that kid, and, and especially being a hometown kid to get hurt like that yeah. really stinks. Yeah, and they, they were saying – after he got hurt, they they kind of revealed that they that the defensive backs were like watching tape of him to learn how to improve their technique. Like that's just insane to me that mm-hmm. that you can watch tape of your teammate to try and get better, and then that guy gets hurt. It's just, I mean, it's it's the problem, uh, not the problem with the NFL, but it kind of is the problem with the NFL. It's, uh, injury rate is a hundred percent. Everybody's going to get hurt at some point. It's just how bad are you going to get hurt? And it's like you know that guy's out there snapping two bones in his leg. Like that's terrifying that that kind of stuff can happen it's horrible yeah josh what who do you think is the tightest roster battle right now um running back probably like uh like i mean like the third running back yeah. like who if it's like cap or ken uh, kenyon barner was just like miles ahead of cameron Arch Payne last week and it's like if he is going to be that much better than him then it's that's when you start to get the question it's when they all kind of play crappy across the board, then you just kind of default. Okay, Cameron Arspain, he plays special teams. He's been in the system. He's cheap. Bring him back. But when Kenyon Barter was – he was in the game for seven snaps and he had 70 yards rushing. Like, that's – that catches your eye. And if he does that again in what's likely going to be the fourth quarter, then, then you're like – because the thing with these roster battles is it's not how they do in week four. Because everybody wants to look at week four and they're like, this is the game that they have to make. They had to start last week – to make they had to start last week and in week one to get the playing time in week three mm-hmm. and then the playing time in week four to prove it to these coaches they can do it on everybody can break us I mean not everybody but 
you can everybody can score a touchdown, can have a big play, but it's consistently doing the right thing and not missing assignments that are going to get you noticed and get you on the field. So yeah. Ed Dixon had some big games last year. I mean, and, and that's no disrespect, but it's just – no, I, I think you're right, man. I, I really do. And I think as far as those, those roster battles go, I don't know. There are a couple that I think are interesting, like, um, you know, for instance, a defensive end, right? I mean, defensive yep. – what's the depth look like? Because yeah. – you know, you looked up in a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Marquise Haynes was was number two behind Mario Addison mm-hmm. and, and Deshaun Hall, who'd already been here a year. Granted, he was banged up, but had already been here a year, was, was behind the rookie on the depth chart. So, yeah. you know, how, how much depth are they going to be able to develop there? And, you know, how much does Marquise Haynes being undersized limit him? You know, yeah. or does it limit him at all? And there's that. So at the defensive end and then tight end, too, because I love Ian Thomas. Oh, right. yeah. and, love. I, I love Ian Thomas, and I, and I think he may have already solidified himself, you know, as being the number two tight end because they see what the future could look like. But right. you know, he's he's got to keep doing it consistently, and that's what's fun about that too is that there are going to be so many options on this offense that it will open things up for Ian Thomas. Mm-hmm. That you know, Greg Olson is one of the great tight ends to uh, in, in our generation to do it, but he's not known as a as a catch and run guy. You know, he is a possession type of of tight end, sure handed, you know, reliable, yep. all those things, but. You, you saw Ian Thomas on that, that touchdown the other night to stick his foot in the ground and get up the field yeah. and outrun the secondary to the end zone. That, that gets you excited. I, I didn't think he could do that, too. I'll be perfectly frank. Like, I knew he was, I knew he was an athlete. I knew he was good. I, I'd seen him in practice. You meet, he's making these catches. He's a yeah. smooth route runner. I was, I was very impressed. And then all of a sudden he turned that corner, and I was like, well, this will be – I literally looked down and started tweeting, like, this is a nice catch by Ian Thomas. And I looked up, and he's running – and he's in the end zone. And I'm like, what the hell uh, just yeah, happened? Yeah. Did somebody fall? <laughs> but, no, he just he just turned the corner and was gone yep. like a running – like, that's the kind of thing that a running back or a wide receiver does, not a tight end, not your second tight end. And that's – that is – I mean, that's what – when I talk about stacked and just pressing buttons on Madden, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, when Cam can't find – DJ Moore, Devin Funches, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, and Ian Thomas is like the sixth option. Right. Hey, Cam, uh, everything's locked up, but here's a giant target over the middle of the field, yeah, exactly. and he can also run. Yeah. Congratulations. I, it's uh, yeah, it's scary if you're a defense. So I I agree. I think I th- in my mind he's already the tight end too. I think you knew what you were going to get with Manhurts. Probably so. And Manhurts probably, and you're talking to probably the biggest Chris Manhurts fan there is. I think that he is a better as a blocker than he is as a pass catcher. And he has a certain skill set that makes probably makes more sense as the third tight end, as the guy that's coming in to do the dirty work, rather than the guy that's running across, running routes over the middle. Um, but that you know, who knows? We he he more than anything got screwed by that injury. I mean, he was he was the second tight end. Like these, the cards had lined up. He was going to mentor Ian Thomas. He breaks his foot. Ian Thomas takes all the reps. He out outplays nobody, and now he's a second tight end. It's basically Brady Bledsoe. Yeah, <laughs> man, man hurts. Thomas is the new Brady Bledsoe. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Real quick, everyone, tell us your favorite Charles Johnson memory. Uh, Oof. my my personal favorite is not a football memory, but mine it was isn't at, either. Yeah, it was at the Cam Newton <laughs> kickball uh, tournament, and um, it was not this year, but the two years ago when he was still playing, and he literally was out there playing. Um, was playing kickball with his little – I mean, he. everybody's seen his son is like three years old, little CJ. And uh, and he was playing kickball with this kid. And it's like heartwarming to watch him interact with his – like this huge, huge dude just being the sweetest guy in the world with this tiny little man 
kicking the ball to him <laughs> and like he like caught it and like pretended to find I mean it's you know it's dad stuff but it's like that to me is like who Charles Johnson is in a, in a nutshell cuz you see him and he's so big and you're like this guy is going to be huge and is going to murder me and then he's like hey how's it going Charles Johnson no, no. like he's such a nice guy that you it's just not don't exactly expect Charles's that. voice I'm, I'm not good at impressions <laughs> so I didn't even try I just took it down one notch so it would sound a little bit more like a man than I do but <laughs> Well, I would have to go back. This is unfortunate because I think he he suffers from sometimes your best plays come in games that people don't want to remember. And I think back to um, the 2013 season, week one, the Panthers open against uh, this, the, the hated Seattle Seahawks, and he Arr. just he just destroyed Russell Wilson right before halftime. Just a clean hit, one of those ones that they dream about. And, and, and a forced fumble, Panthers take over, and they were on like the 12-yard line. But unfortunately, because the game didn't turn out uh, the way we like, we don't talk about that game too much. But <laughs> that was that was that was peak peak CJ for me. I, I actually, I'm getting so old. I had to look at the year. Um, this it's actually not even a Panthers memory. It was 20. It was 2006. Uh, it, it was the year that Georgia was just fantastic. Oh, and, oh, the year that, that that everybody made David Pollock look good. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> the one. 2006. That was an All SEC year, by the way, for uh, for Charles. And uh, I, I want to say, what was it? It was either Tennessee or Florida, where he had just an ins- I mean, incredible game. It was a three three and a half sack game, I think. And he got he got Tebow multiple times. I he did. That. He did. And, and and I remember that night I was sitting uh, in my in my living room with my roommates, and we're just in awe of this guy. But he's just a monster out there. And then, uh, you know, I, I didn't really pay much attention to Charles after that. You know, I, I obviously knew of him. But the, the coolest thing about Charles, and we talked about this earlier today, is that uh, – and, and Frank brought up a good point. He said, you know, everybody right now is complaining about how much money Matt Khalil makes, you know, or how much – nobody's ever complained about how much money Charles made. You know, that, that uh, you know, he never put the fans in a position to have to complain about him not doing his job well enough to justify his paycheck. And on top of that, you know, being such a – you know, a great ambassador for the team and the community and the, and the way that he, you know, ha- handles kids. I mean, some of what you're alluding to right now, that's a guy that's just so easy to root for. Yeah, and, and a third-round pick. So, David Pollock, well, you know, he got he was a top-ten pick <laughs> for the Bengals. And, um, but 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 it, that loaded – that defensive line was loaded. Yes, and, it was. And Pollock got a lot of the credit. Yes, it year. was. Yep, no doubt about it. And I'll, I'll say this in his defense. David Pollock is a super nice guy. So <laughs> And he suffered go. an injury, so not that's falls true. in the not a bust because of injury. Category. That's right. It's so. the Greg Odin category. Yep. And the he best, splits the his pants on game day now. So. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Huh? It's a little bit <laughs> it's strange. Very awkward. Nikki pays attention to the important stuff. We just like to watch football. Pants splitting. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually with her. I noticed the, the, the tiny details on game day because that's my routine. Roll over, turn it on, let's see Corso. Oh, there's Pollock. Yeah. yeah. That was when they were making him do the jump boxes in those – tiny suits that they put him and Palmer and those tiny clothes oh, they put him in I don't and they think, made him go I, do the jump box and then I he think split Jesse puts them in both of those <laughs> suits. <laughs> He's actually in charge of all wardrobe. He is a very fashionable man. Dickie, me, I want to hear yours. Yeah. For, so mine has literally nothing to do with football. CJ always has a massive birthday party every year. Um, Republic. Oh, this is a humble brag. Oh, humble brag. The best story to ever come out of it was at Republic for one of his birthday parties. D'Angelo Williams had, I believe it was his brother, was at the front door and couldn't get in because there were so many people. So the GM of the club led D'Angelo through this massive crowd. It was like one in, one out. Took him to the door. They got his brother. They brought him all the way back up. And the GM just turns, takes his hat off. It's my friend Brandon. He shakes (laughs) D'Angelo's hand and goes, 
it was a pleasure blocking for you, sir. <laughs> and then he just walked off. And it was, it was so awesome. I was like, that's then, a cool moment. And then D'Angelo tweeted something inappropriate about him on Twitter. Yeah. Probably. Mean-spirited at him. Oh, man. Now Probably. we're, we're just going to bury D'Angelo. No, no, I'm not going to bury – I was going to ask if Mike Tolbert deserves a statue, though. No. No, okay. he does not. All right. So that's the – He that's, deserves a statue, so we don't want fat but statues. not in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course we want fat statues, just not him specifically. Okay. That Ouch. actually leads to my next point. Is Charles Johnson somebody that that does he deserve to go in the Ring of Honor? How long do you? How good do you have to be? And how long do you have to be? I mean, the guy spent but, his entire career as a Panther. Here, okay, you go ahead, go ahead. No, that's no, that's, no, that's it. Go. That's that's kind okay. of my rant was trailing off. See, here's <laughs> the thing: the 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 only people that should ever get to vote in this are Panther fans, and I'm not I'm not keen on uh, on saying this is the criteria when it comes to team honors. But look, I don't I don't care. Who the Packers retire, I don't care who any team retires. And so whenever they're like, oh, should so-and-so get his number? I don't care. It's your own team. Do with it what you will. The only people that should ever get to vote in this are Panther fans. So I think ultimately, and whether you want to say it's PSL fans or PSL holders or whatever, you got a new app, let's, let's get some voting going. <laughs> you got a new app? I'm just saying, who's not showing up for that poll? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they need to get us to open the app, and I, I'm not—I'm not there yet. I'm not—I tried. I thought about doing the little shadow boxes where I go get my food. I don't think I'm there yet. I need to see—I need to see it being prepared. I don't know that—I don't know that the random uh, uh, workers are yet have earned my trust. I don't know you, and I, I just need to see my food getting prepared. You don't see your food getting prepared at the at the concession stand, though. Well, I mean, what do you, you—what do you mean? There, you don't the see the dog? you don't no. see the hot you the hot dogs come in a foil package. They don't they're not just like oh Off let me just wheels. grill this up for you no, sir. No, it's on like, the wheels. It's on the wheels of steel. Where are you going for? What section has the wheels of steel at it? Well, this is the, the Seven Eleven no, section, this, I think. The, no, the checkers. Do they, are they all foil wrapped? Because at the checkers game, <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh, <laughs> see, so you were just you just you're, you're trying to out me. That's right. You're trying to out me, and you don't even know what you're talking I, about. They're like melting a wheel of cheese <laughs> for you at your section for the nachos. No, no, but. You have the ladle. The you off. have the ladle. I'm just saying. I like to see that it didn't, you know, accidentally get knocked over and then just shuffled back into the thing. I'm just, excuse, I'm just not ready. Me, sir. Yet. Yeah, I'd like to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, no, no, I don't know. I know. I look. I, my trustworthy orange cheese <laughs> and my nachos. I just want to see it ladled, and because uh, because that's how. Because otherwise, otherwise. What happens at what? Ha excuse me, I need you to add some cheese to my, 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 my nachos that are in the box over here. No, they're not going to do that. But if I'm ordering and I say, hey, <laughs> hey, Skimpy, hey, Skimpy, a little bit more on the cheese. Well, do you? Can I ask then a question? I can get my cheese. Can I ask a question? Because Absolutely. I, I, I just, well, no, it, it actually ties into the man's orange cheese here <laughs> because I was, in Dodger, I was in Dodger Stadium last week, last Monday. First Dodger dog I ever purchased. I like nacho cheese on a hot dog. I'm not going to feel ashamed of that. You don't have to feel bad for that. No, but there's I, no cheese shaming. There's no cheese shaming here <laughs> yeah. because no. I did take my Dodger dog and dunk it in some nacho cheese before the first bite. I did feel like a fat, sweaty monster, but I mean, I just didn't know if I'd done something, you know, that but crossed then, the line. But you didn't. So you did not take a as as they intended first bite of a Dodger dog. Ooh, that's actually that's a good point. Like you just went straight for the. I, I think need I the did. cheese in the can. Like I think it was like a reflex. Like the you hot dog, boom, nacho cheese, dunk. boom, right. And I, and I don't really feel bad about it because a Dodger dog, the bun is or the the wiener is literally twice the length of the bun. Mm -hmm. So you've got <laughs> that's the gimmick. That right, exactly. So I don't feel because I had plenty of Dodger dog left. Okay. So well, I just you want to give a quick review on the Dodger dog? Incredible. Okay. Incredible. Although they are six fifty a dog, so you know. 
Nick, Nikki and I just we checked out after the <laughs> oh, no, oh, the wiener is twice oh. as big as the bun. We, oh, we, didn't, oh, oh. we didn't hear anything after that. Gotcha. So it's all just oh. gotcha. You guys talk. See, they talk about frou frou food. <laughs> And then we we, we got to do like 15 minutes on it. We talk oh. about orange cheese and hot dogs, and they want to wrap what? it so up quickly. So if I said sushi, yeah. huh? What's what, what's frou frou that we have? No, the frou frou food discussions. <laughs> <laughs> the frou frou food discussions. Yeah. Look, uh, you you drank water that cost more than my mortgage payment because it had like charcoal and antioxidants from the moon. That is true. And <laughs> like literally the first time I met you, you were not, you were drinking water, but it was not water; it was black water. And I still accepted you as a regular human being despite this. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, a that was, rant yeah, right there. Well, that's yeah. I, I, I'm he, just he's saying. been building that up for weeks. No, no, I've that's not been a building that. Right no, she, no, she got very no, no. You got accusatory when I like. What do you mean, frou frou, Miss Blackwater? That's what I mean. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if your was, water isn't clear, that was intense. I'm really glad I came tonight. I yeah, think. no, it's <laughs> it's it's like this every week. We encourage you to rate and review I'm us. A little and subscribe warm. on iTunes. <laughs> I'm warm. <laughs> Might want to take off that jacket whenever you're ready. He's just got another jacket on underneath that's the same. That or the, the, the entire back of that shirt is soaked. Yeah, oh one, yeah. one of the two. We're making choices here. Yeah, We're I don't blame decisions. you. I make that choice all the time. It's not voluntary. <laughs> yeah. I w- when I got to the press box last week, uh, I was literally had my backpack on, and I had to leave my backpack on for the first like five minutes. Yes. It was so I was so embarrassingly sweaty. Oh, you gotta you gotta let that go. No, but oh my god, like it was it was at the point where like it didn't look I sat down, and then I stood back up, and there was like a little like you know those little like moist prints that Ew, you leave no, sometimes. Okay. Oh no no no, that's well, not I, okay. No, I can do you one better than that. I was I was out in St. Louis for my brother in law's wedding, and we're playing golf in St. Louis in the middle of June, and uh, you can imagine how that felt. And, yeah, and we're out there at about the third or fourth hole. And my future brother-in-law goes, ha, dude, you got a whale tail. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, you got a whale tail. And I said, what? And he said, I'll take a picture. And sure enough, I had a sweat I had a sweat and shape that looked like I was wearing a thong. <laughs> they, they came through the shorts. And I was like, well, what you, I mean, you just got to let that go at some Writing point. Writing down yeah. whale tail. Whale Sometimes tail. I also oh, get, I also get a, like right yeah, here. Hashtag right sweat thong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hashtag sweat thong sweat if, you've, thong. if you've been there. We can make that a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Please, let's not. That's, <laughs> that sounds We're going to make that trend tomorrow. Yeah. That'll be trending. So, no time for a game this week. Oh, no. We'll get it in Bummer. next week. That means we'll just have to have Kyle back so he can play a game with us. Absolutely. I'm that down. sounds great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Kyle, tell the folks where they can find you on the interwebs, Twitters, Facebooks, Don't. wherever you I'm are. I'm good. Leave me alone. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a great <laughs> answer. I'm all set. Is your Facebook for listeners or have you did you have you like I, I well because you're not careful. Can I can I be honest if with you're you? You're not careful. Can I be honest with you? I hate Facebook. Okay, I really oh, do. I hate Facebook. For, for my for my. But when I first started WFNZ, Tony, our, our hitman, our, our PD said, "Now nah, you, you got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Facebook." Oh, that's a good Tony. Yeah. I know. Those were like dueling Tonys. That was great. Well, he knows. Yeah, yeah he yeah. knows. And so you know, I got the, yeah. You got to be on Facebook. Corporate says you got to be. And so I, I fuck. So I mean, what you Sorry, I did it again. But I said okay. So I I got back on and I was like, well, you know what. If I'm going to be friends with people that listen, i got to scrub my Facebook, you know, because there's stuff on there that I just don't really want to get into arguments with people about. So I scrubbed it. I connected them. So any time that I post now on Instagram, it goes to Twitter, it goes to Facebook, and I don't have to look at any of it. So I do that, and it is at Kyle Bailey WFNZ. And really, I'm kidding about that. I do love interacting and talking. And ever since I showed up, man um, – I, everybody's just welcomed me with open arms, and it's been and it's been crazy too because you know I grew up a little over two hours from here, and the very first radio station that I worked for was ESPN Blacksburg, and to this day ESPN Blacksburg is still a Carolina Panthers radio affiliate, and so uh, I cut my teeth running Panthers games back in the day, 
And so it just kind of came full circle, and it worked. And I, I got cousins in Gastonia and on Old Statesville Road, and so it, it, it's, it's felt like I'm at home. And then you got the weird parallels like, you know, Kelvin Benjamin showed up fat to training camp. I showed up fat to WFNZ. And, you know, so <laughs> there's just so many spooky things that have happened. Tony may trade you in a fantasy football trade. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could happen. So, but seriously, it's been awesome. And, and, and people like, like Nikki, being the socialite that she is, you know, have helped me, you know, to meet the, the, the wonderful people that I've met and to have so much fun. So, uh, and obviously for you guys, you, you do such an awesome job with this. And I, talk, I talked to Zach about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I said, Zach, like, I know about English soccer firms. You know, I, I know about, you know, fan clubs and things like that. But this is that it, the, the concept is not something that I've ever been familiar with, you know, in the context of the NFL. And, and Zach said, actually, it's really not that common. You know, and, and I didn't – he said, there's a handful of, guys, of groups like us. But, you know, what we're doing is in a lot of ways innovative and, and new. And I, I think that's awesome. And to see that T-shirt on Cam Newton at a podium and, you know, to see the growth of, of Roaring Riot and what you guys have done has been awesome. So thank you for having me. Well, it's been our pleasure. Well, that was a great way to end. Unfortunately, uh, Colin has to plug his Twitter, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. No, don't. So, don't reach it. Don't call us. So, yeah. Colin, yeah. where do you live on the internet? <laughs> this is, yeah, there you go. There, we're, we're just ending on that because that was amazing. Yeah. That, that yeah. was amazing. Roll out. Also, I could just, just listen out. to you talk. All day long. Oh, here I, he goes. Like, I do. I love oh, his voice. Well, you know what? You and my fiance have nothing in common, though. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> that is I've met her. She's scared of mascots. She is scared of mascots. I wanted Sir Purr to well, be the. Well, she got really scared. Of, she got really scared of Nikki for a second. Was there an she, incident? No, she almost felt like Nikki was trying to sell her on the idea of Sir Purr officiating our wedding, and she was like, "Ha ha ha." Wait, no, are you serious? No, no, I don't want that. I don't want a, I don't want a mascot. <laughs> you're just trying to get her friend work? What are, you, the, the wedding? what are you doing, Nikki? <laughs> it's her day. What are you trying to do? All right, Nikki, we Nikki, got a clown here for you. Nikki we was got a clown about a dentist. It. What do you want? The passion's there. i got to give you credit for that. I mean, once once I came up with the idea, I was just going with it. <laughs> I'll find you someone better. Cool. One-day contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Kyle Bailey, your one-day contract is up. Cool. Telephone is Mike Daskal. He's the founder of the Beer and Beers and Burpees charity events that is happening on September 22nd, 2018. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on One Day Contract. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having us on the show. My pleasure. I just want to be clear. Uh, yours is kind of a like a smaller contract than the one that we signed for the usual media members, so I don't want you to think that there's any sort of big signing bonus coming your way. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the the eighth annual Beers and Burpees charity event that's coming up here uh, on September 22nd. Yeah, so this is a um, it's a large charity fitness event. It's happening in exactly a month on September 22nd at CrossFit Charlotte. And it's a general boot camp style workout. It's a partner workout. So two guys are doing it together. It could be a guy and a girl. And they're doing, you know, a bunch of different exercises. So it's box jumps and running and, of course, burpees and some other things. And in the workout, right, part of the event is drinking beer during the workout. So if you and I were partners, we're doing the workout at three, four minutes, and then we share and we finish a full beer. And then we do that three times. So the total workout takes most people 15 to 25 minutes. You're sharing three beers. It's a great time. We're going to have a huge draw this year. We're expecting over 1,000 people to be there, and it's an all-day event on September. Wow. So 
what you're telling me is that I could drink three beers and you would do all the burpees? Is that something that we could work out? Yeah, that'll, that'll work. Okay, all right. And what are you guys uh, raising the money for? Don't want to drink. The beer's optional and the exercises can all be modified as well. Oh, gotcha. So you don't actually, you can be Josh-style bad at burpees and that's going to be fine? That'll be fine, yep. And where does the money that you guys raise go? So um, our event is a complete volunteer-run event, so nobody gets paid. Uh, there's no company really behind your event. It's a grassroots event that my wife and I started eight years ago, and we donate 100% of the money to Dream On 3. And um, Dream On 3, they're a wish-granting organization for Charlotte-area kids. But what makes it really cool and why we're on today in part is all the dreams, all the wishes are sports dreams. So we have kids that their dream was to have Luke Keekley come to her 21st birthday party and sing happy birthday to her, and it happened. That's that's awesome. Come to the prom and dance with her. So it's all sports dreams. It's all local Charlotte kids, and these are kids. They could, be, could have cancer, autism, Down syndrome, really any life-threatening disease or illness. And um, Dream on 3 makes their sports dreams come true, and we're trying to raise $100,000 this year for Dream on 3. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic. And you guys won awards last year for the best charity event in Charlotte from Charlotte Magazine, Elevate Lifestyles, Charlotte Fitness Lifestyles. Uh, just a, a spectacular event um, over there at CrossFit Charlotte 2018 Beers and Burpees. Um, I like the first part. The burpees I'm a little yeah. bit scared of. but um, how many bur- Yeah, we, we hear that a lot. Yep. How many burpees can you do specifically? Oh, boy. Um, I don't like doing them, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I've done 100 in a row, maybe. They're never fun. After about three or four, I'm regretting it. But, you know, there's a lot of people watching. It's for charity. Nobody's counting the rest. Uh, you end up not really mattering, um, not, not really minding too much. And what's pretty cool, what we're doing this year, Josh, is we have what we call an adaptive division. So these are athletes in wheelchairs. These are athletes with uh, one arm, right? They might have cerebral palsy and have, um, you know, difficulty doing certain exercises, and they're doing the workout alongside of you and I, right? And we have different modifications for them, different exercises they can do, but they're taking part just like we are this year, and we're actually giving the event free for any adaptive athlete um, because we want to make sure they have an opportunity for an event where there's an inclusive environment and they can participate and have a great time, enjoy some beer. Noda Brewing is making a beer for us. You might find it in grocery stores or in bars already now. It's called Beers and Burpees. Uh, it's a great beer. I know they make the Roar and Riot beer as well. Uh, so we'll have that on September 22nd and a bunch of other Noda beer as well. Wow, that's uh, it. Sounds like a, a super fun event, and you know, for your entry price, I think I was reading that you get seven beers, which is um, more than enough for me personally. So uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic event, and uh, I, I think anyone that throws that throws their life into this kind of charity and donates money like this is uh, it, it's really just impressive, and um, I, and I, I thank you for doing that. Yeah, we appreciate it. We love doing it really kind of become a Charlotte event, um, almost like a movement now, and a lot of different gyms are involved. Uh, we have a kids division. We have free kids activities all day long. So it's a really great all-day activity, and um, there's still obviously room to participate and sign up to register as well as be a sponsor. And our website is pretty simple. It's 
www.endburpees.com. Um, and you can just go there and you can find all the information you need about our event and sponsors and everything else we do as well as the charity. Yeah, one of the reasons that we're on is, uh, you know, obviously the Riot Network is powered by Ortho Carolina, and I know that that's one of your um, one of your partners as well. There, they are uh, absolutely fantastic about helping out with these um, with these charity events, and they do so much for they the are. city of Charlotte and uh, and charities in general. It's uh, it's really yeah. impressive. Yeah, Ortho Carolina is the best. They're actually the sponsor of our adaptive division. They're going to be out there on September twenty second and. It's, uh, it's really going to be a great time, even just to come out and spectate and, and have a couple beers, food trucks, everything like that. It's going to be um, a great event. Yeah, and if you do not want to drink beer or do burpees, uh, you can always go to Beer and Burpees, beersandburpees.com, and simply donate to the cause. Uh, there is a donate button, um, which I have uh, gladly been able to donate without doing any burpees, which is the only way that I want to do it. Uh, I'm, so... Uh, uh, yeah, Mike Daskal, thank you so much for, for joining us here and taking the time out and uh, and for putting on a great event like this. And uh, we look forward to seeing you out there at CrossFit Charlotte. I appreciate you having us on, and thanks again, and go Panthers. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.